Hello, everyone, and welcome today in Conversations Exploring Consciousness. My name is Michelle Champaka, and um, in just a moment, a wonderful guest, a dear friend of mine, will be joining. Her name is Catherine, and we're going to be talking about addiction. So just sit back and relax, and we'll be right back with you in just a couple of minutes. Welcome to today's show. I'm talking with my dear friend Catherine about addiction. She'll be joining us shortly. So, you know, the other day I was on a coaching call with my my wonderful coach, and she and I started talking about this topic of addiction. And I realized the more we conversed about it, the more that there was something important that I needed to, to share, you know, that this is, this is a real, a real problem for so many people in, especially during these challenging times. Uh, I have, you know, good friends in lockdown in Canada. I have uh, another friend who's moving, moving to Florida to get out of the, the strict uh, draconian, government that is governing California. She's moving away to Florida, you know, and there's so many people in the world that are suffering as a result of this pandemic. And I think that this has really pushed a lot of people to the edge. And for some of those people, the edge is moving into 
addictive behaviors. And when I say addiction, I, I mean all kinds of addiction. It can even be addiction to a particular way of being, uh, a thought pattern, addiction to poverty consciousness, addiction to alcohol, cigarettes, eating, sex, exercise, so many possibilities with addiction. And, you know, so I know that there's a lot of people that are potentially listening to this after the live, and I just want to say to all of you, you know, it is it is a rough road when we're on a path of addiction, but it is possible to to move beyond addictions and to become free of addictions. So I'd like to start off by talking about the addiction to social media. I recently decided to delete my Facebook account, my Instagram account, WhatsApp and Twitter accounts. And I wasn't actually that addicted in my mind, at least I didn't, I didn't feel uh, a sense of I always had to be checking my Instagram. I was, I wasn't on Facebook that often, but as an empath, I began to feel this energetic pull of of the collective consciousness, you know, because I'm very tapped into the collective consciousness and I could also feel the addictions that were kind of being held by the collective. And I think that was, to me, it felt very much like interference. It was interfering in my own energy and I made a personal choice. I'm not telling you you're right or wrong if you choose to stay on Facebook and Instagram or Twitter or other social media platforms. Um, but for me in particular, I knew that I had to really disconnect and I needed to be free of, of all of that, all of that intensity. So yeah, it was, um, it was an interesting choice. I know some people actually said they didn't want to see me go. They wanted me to stay on, on, in, on Instagram and on, you know, Facebook that they enjoyed my post and it's just, um, but I had to do it. I felt like it was really important to do it and I'm really glad that I did. So, um, I'd love to ask you, what is your addiction? What are you addicted to? What is keeping you captive or keeping you from having all of you? Because when we are in a, in a place of addiction, you know, when our addictions take over our lives, then we lose who we truly are. And it's, uh, it's not, it's not a great way to be, you know, because then that's when the disconnect comes in. We no longer feel connected to our higher self and we're no longer in a place of sovereignty. And addiction is probably the hardest thing to beat. You know, I know, I know it's super hard, but it is, it is something that we can overcome. So I'd love, you know, I'd love for you to share, you know, if you're here in the studio with me, Hey, Sean, welcome to the studio. I'd love to hear what your addictions are. What are you 
working on overcoming? Um, is it addiction to social media? Is it addiction to food or, um, or some kind of an eating disorder, you know, a deprivation of food, uh, such as anorexia or bulimia. Those are, those are real, uh, serious, uh, illnesses and, um, also what I consider forms of addiction. So I'd love to hear what your thoughts are of that. I'm not sure where our, uh, where my guest is. So I guess I'll just continue on without her. Um, so I'd like to, I'd like to share a story with you. And my coach gave me permission to share her story. So she was, she was very much addicted to drugs and alcohol and she, she was able to overcome that addiction. And then, uh, I guess a couple of years ago, she said that she was given 10,000 free text messages during the time, you know, with those old Nokia phones, when you had to press on the, the key a few times for the letter to come up. And sometimes I don't even know if they had predictive texts at that point. So she said she had four weeks to use those 10,000 free texts. And she used every single one of them, every single one of them. And uh, by the end of it, by the end of the four weeks, she ended up with nerve damage in her left thumb and hand. So uh incredible story, really. And I was really honored that she shared it with me. But it just, for me, that demonstrates how, how destructive our addictions can be, how we become so taken over by them at the cost of actually physically harming ourselves. And to this day, she's still receiving um, physiotherapy and other, you know, energetic healing work on her left hand, which has not completely healed. So, yeah, this is this is something that I'm I'm really feeling uh, strongly about to share with all of you and how important it is for us to take back our sovereignty. So what are our addictions telling us? Usually when we have an addiction, there's something in us, within us, deep, deep in us. Perhaps it's a core wound. Perhaps it's a past trauma or a very painful emotion that we've pushed down and pushed down and pushed down so deeply because it's too hard for us to confront it. And then when we don't confront it, we end up going into addictive behaviors to avoid whatever is within us that is too painful to face. So I, I have a feeling many of you that are listening to this can relate to that and how we, we of course want to embrace pleasure, but we want to avoid pain. And this is, this is a, you know, this is a, a natural human instinct, right? You know, and it's something that we've been conditioned to do, right? We don't want to face our pain. So I want to share another story with you about my own mother. And my mother had a really hard life. She was given away when her mother died around age three. 
and she was kind of adopted by a relative. I think it was a distant relative who then neglected her and she was malnourished and her, I think another relative came and found her and was appalled and took her away. And then she was given to an aunt who turned out to have mental disorders and she had a hyperthyroid condition, which I don't know if any of you are aware, but the, the thyroid controls our nervous system. And so the aunt was really um, in this, the latter stages of hyperthyroidism. So it was pretty extreme. So she used to beat my mother and her own daughter. And my mother learned that if she would just cry, that her aunt would stop beating her. And um, it's a pretty horrible way to grow up. She remembers also there were mouse traps in the hallway. So she was terrified to get up and go to the bathroom because she knew that it would be likely she would step on a trap and, you know, get really hurt. So anyway, the story goes that her cousin, uh, the aunt would always beat the cousin and, and wouldn't really stop because the cousin, I don't know, I think she was cut off, you know, from her feelings and she, she just wouldn't cry. You know, she wouldn't cry. So the aunt kept beating her and, um, you know, one day, I don't know if it was the beatings or illness or a combination of both, but one day, you know, she finally died. And then the aunt's thyroid got so bad she had to go in for surgery. And, and I say this with compassion, but fortunately she didn't make it because if she had, I don't know what my mother's life would have been like. And then my mother was put into an orphanage. And she was there, I don't know, I think from the age of five until 10 or, you know, for, for quite a few years until my beautiful great aunt with who has the heart of an angel came and, and rescued her. And it was then that my mother actually experienced, you know, real love and, and safety and security. But by then, you know, there, a lot of damage had been done. And so when she went to a therapist in her later years, the therapist said to her, um, you have had quite, quite a childhood. You've, you've got a lot of wounds, but you seem to be okay. You seem to be functioning well. So, you know, you don't have to dredge it all up. If you don't want to, you're, you're going to be okay. And I'm sure that the therapist thought she was doing the right thing. I'm really sure that she thought that this was the best thing for my mom. But I just want to share with you that, you know, my mom now has dementia. She has chronic back problems, chronic knee problems, um, digestive issues, hiatal hernia. She has a lot of physical issues. And it is my belief that when we push down um, that pain, it absolutely will manifest into sickness. And in my mom's case, it didn't become, well, I guess she does have addictive behaviors. She's a perfectionist. She's addicted to perfection. I take that back. So she not only does she have addictive behaviors, but she has all these physical problems. 
So this is why I share this story with all of you because, yeah, you know, we need to face our core wounds as painful as they may be. To have somebody say, oh, you don't have to deal with it. It's okay. You're, you're getting by. This is a band-aid. This is not going to ultimately uh, bring you to a place of true inner peace and sovereignty. And the more we keep putting those band-aids on our wounds, the more likely our addictive behaviors are going to rear their ugly head. So, yeah, this is... Um, it's a quite a poignant story that I wanted to share with all of you and um, feel a little bit emotional to share that. I've never shared that story uh, in a public platform ever in my life, but I feel that there's something important in that story that people can learn from. So thank you, Catherine, for joining. I'm glad you were able to get on. How are you today, Catherine? Okay, somehow she didn't get it. I'm going to connect her again. Hey, there you hey, are. Sharon. How are you, my dear? Hi, I'm well, thank you, and yourself? I'm good, I'm good. I was just uh, sharing sharing a, a story about my mother and, and about how when we bury our pain, it can kind of rear its ugly head and, and become addictive behaviors. So I was talking a bit about that. So I'm glad you could join us. So, yeah. So um, so what are your thoughts about addiction? You know, I'd love to hear if you've encountered, oh, people in your life or even your own uh, potential addictions. I don't know if you've ever had addictions. So, <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts about this topic. Well, first of all, let me say again, good afternoon to everybody, to everyone listening. Thank you to you, Michelle, for having me here today. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to be on your platform. Thank you. Uh, but before, yeah, welcome. Um, if I may, before, like, you know, I start talking, let me just say to the higher power, to the divine within each other, within you, within me, to say thank you for this great opportunity to be here. Yes. And thank you for the universe. Thank you, like, you know, for everything living, meaning the trees, uh, water, the birds, Everything, the earth, let's say thank you for being here today, for being present, for being alive. Yeah. So once again, thank you, Michelle. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, as for addiction, um, people like, you know, might just think I'm crazy. I never had one. Well, the only addiction I have, I guess, is I love sweets. Ah. <laughs> I, I love sweets. <laughs> Hello, Steve, and I try to cut on that. Uh, I haven't been, uh, I haven't got any cake uh, for the past ooh, three months. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah, I try to stay um, away from street uh, net because uh, I know it's not good for our bodies, not good for me. Um, as for dealing with addiction, 
I have a younger brother of mine, and just like you, this is not, I don't like to put my private life uh, out there. It's the first time I'm going to share this. When my mom passed away, and I guess uh, he's the baby in the family, he was unable to deal with that. He was unable to deal with it, and he was just laughing. Even um, during like, you know, the days of the ceremonial, the, the funeral and stuff like that, he was like, you know, <laughs> oh, come on, guys, is it true? My mom, my, my own mother, she's not there anymore? Are you mean to tell me I'm not going to be able to talk to my mommy? I'm not going to be able to sit on her lap? And he started laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing. And um, I spoke to my older brother and the rest of the family, and I said, you know what, we need to keep an eye on him because this is not a good, this is not good. So it's, it, it is not possessing the death of our mother. And my older brother, my dad, and uh, my younger sister, Say, oh no, he'll be fine. He just like, no, he's not. I say, no, 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 no. He's been a week. And the only thing he's been doing is smiling and keep repeating the same words over and over again. I say, mm -hmm. something is wrong. And uh, he was, he had a job. He was working at the American embassy and stuff like that. And he's keep like, you know, getting to work late. And on top of that, that I didn't know, and a friend of mine was working at the American embassy, keep calling me and say, oh, you guys need to do something with your brother. And I keep asking, what's wrong? And nobody said anything to me. And then three months later, they fired him. Why? And that's how I find out that he was getting drunk. He was drinking day and night. When he woke up in the morning, he would open like, you know, a bottle of... Um, Whiskey or whatever, like, you know, he has in his hand. Whiskey, rum, wine, and he'll drink and he'll go to work. When I spoke to him, he keeps saying, no, 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 I'm fine, sister. Big sister, I'm fine. He used to call me, my second mommy, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And I keep saying, you're not. You need help. You need to talk. Even if you cannot talk to me, talk to somebody, a professional. He keeps saying that he's fine. And he's been, like, you know, almost 15 years and he's addicted to, the, to his bottle. Then he was smoking, he cut that out. He just stopped smoking, he doesn't smoke anymore, cigarettes, nothing else, no, no drugs, drugs, but even like, well, anyway, uh, um, the alcohol is a drug, it's a different type of drug, but it's a drug no matter what. So, um, and that has been a problem. And even when I spoke to him, I say, when are you going to be able to put that down? He says, sis, I'm working on it. I'm working. You know, I, having like, you know, four glasses a day, now I'm cutting it like, you know, to two, and maybe to one, and maybe to nothing. And he keeps telling me whenever I'm home, and I say, oh, I'm going to talk to my mom. And I realize, oh, mommy is not there anymore. And even if it has been 15 years, each one of us deal with our pain differently. Yeah. Sometimes I go to bed and I cry because I want to hear my mom's voice. I can't. But being the type of person I am, I can talk to her, you know, in the other world where she is. Sometimes she come and sit next to me. We talk, we have conversation. But the others, my siblings, they are not me, 
there's things I cannot do because I am able to communicate with my mom whenever I want to, but they cannot do that. And I keep telling them, yes, you can. You just have to focus and clear your mind, clear your space, connect with the divine inside of you, connect within yourself, and then you have, there's a way, there's a process that you need to do, yes, to be able to connect with the person on the other side. But unfortunately, is not there. They're not there yet. Yes. I know she's okay. I know I can talk to her. But by them not being able to hear her voice or talk. And another thing, that's what, like, you know, good memories is always good because sometimes you can pull. You just, our brain, our side, inside of us, is like a this. It's just like a foul. You go on the tree, you know, do a triage and pick the good memories and sit down and think about them so at least you can hear the, the person's voice. And that's not a, that's a form of therapy. Maybe you can, I'm not going to say you're going to heal yourself. And even I talked to my brother over and over again, he just cannot do it. For him, the only way for him to feel good is to be able to see his mom again, to be able to sit on her lap, to be able to hug her, to be able to hear her voice. And maybe then, like he told me, oh, if my mom come today and tell me to stop drinking, I'll stop. I know maybe like, you know, it's an excuse. But maybe in his mind, that's the only way he will be able to live it. So addiction is not an easy thing for people like you know, to just start it today and tomorrow to say, oh, you know what, it's over, I'm done. Everybody deal with losses differently. In his case, this is his addiction. Yes. That bottle of wine, that bottle of whiskey, that bottle of rum. It's hard to deal with it because it's my youngest, it's my baby brother. It's hard. Yes. But I'm helping him as much as I can. You know, so um, yes, this is, well, he, his addiction become my addiction. I don't drink alcohol. I don't drink. I can, if I go out, I can have one glass of wine for the entire night, or sometimes I decide not to at all, because maybe it's another way for me to deal differently, because I saw what alcohol do to people, and I decide not to smoke, not to drink. That's, that's me, you know? And um, talking to people, you can say to yourself, oh, I'm talking to that person and trying to help him or her why they cannot stop. It's not that easy to stop. No, it's not. No, it's not. And Michelle, with what's going on in the world right now, we're going to have more and more and more and more people either like using drugs, smoking, or drinking, or doing other things because some people cannot deal with the situation right now. It's hard. Right. It's hard. Even for us who are connected, who's supposed to be more balanced, sometimes we are human. We are human before all. Sometimes we just feel like giving up because we have no idea what's going to happen next. We don't know where we stand today. 
Wow, thank you so much for sharing, Catherine, and I totally agree with you, and I think that's why I felt like this topic was so important. I was getting a lot of guidance from my uh, helping spirits that we, you know, I really needed to to bring this up in the podcast because I'm aware of so many people that are suffering, they're in lockdown, and it's just um, getting harder and harder for many people around the world, and they're turning to addictive behaviors, and you know, I'm also not really an addictive person, luckily. I I think I'm a little bit like you. I have a little bit of an addiction to sugar, though. Uh, but I've been working on that. And again, you know, so what can we do to monitor or change our addictive behaviors and patterns? And as Catherine said, it, it is it is not easy. But one thing that you can do is just start asking yourself questions. And here are some really great questions you can ask. What is this? What do I do with it? Can I change it? And if yes, how do I change it? So using those questions for self-inquiry can bring you to a place very deep, deep inside that can be a huge healing and transformation for you and potentially help you get free of your addictions. Um, these are questions I always ask myself. What is this? Well, okay, I'm addicted to social media. I'm just, I'm not, but I'm giving an example. Okay, let's say that's your addiction. I'm addicted to social media. What do I do with it? Okay, well, it's time for me to take charge of my life again and not be ruled by my addiction. Can I change it? Yeah, I can absolutely change it. How can I change it? I can put a monitor in my phone that lets me know how much time I'm on social media so I can become aware and in that moment make a different choice. So this is an example of how you can start to change um, a negative pattern in your life. It's only one example. There's many other ways. Um, I don't know what you would suggest. Um, I'd love to hear any suggestions you have as to what people can do to help get out of addiction. Well, first of all, well, the only thing like, you know, like it's just a suggestion. I'm not asking, I mean, I'm not saying like, you know, he might work. Um, sometimes that's it. Okay. For example, right now, if I feel like, you know, I want something sweet or ice cream or something like that, if I'm working like, you know, down the block, uh, to whatever this place, I turn my head and uh, on the other side, if I was working right and uh, the ice cream is on my right, I turn my head left and cross over. And just focus on something else, like, uh, for example, a store where they sell, sell crystals, for, for example. But if you feel like, you know, that you really want to do something, take a walk. Take a walk. If you feel like, you know, I don't know, you want to just like uh, um, take a, a, a cigarette, for example, if you're addicted to cigarettes, instead of pull one, <laughs> take a piece of uh, carrots, for example, and chew on it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. This is uh, something else. Or if, like you, you, you were mentioning about people addicted uh, to the social media, for example. You know, 
this is not something, this is not easy. I'm not addicted to Facebook. I haven't been to my Facebook account, I don't know for how long. I don't know, to be honest with you. I try to stay away from this. Instagram, same thing, you know? Even I'm going to close all of those things, you know? So instead of this, just grab a book. Listen to some common music. Or sit down and close your eyes. Visualize yourself, like, you know, in in a place that uh, maybe like you wanted to visit. It's not easy. I'm not going to say like, you know, it's going to happen one, two, three. But for me, lately, I've been feeling disconnected. But what I do, as soon as I wake up, I finish doing my meditation, I put some healing music the entire day. And it keeps me grounded, it keeps me going. Whatever works for me might not work for you. Whatever works for Michelle might not work for me or for you or for anybody who's listening right now. But it's just give it a try. If you have something in your mind that, you know, oh, my God, I'm so stressed. I want to drink. I want to do this. Just go inside of your room, put some music, you know, just, again, go back, go deep in your memory. Pull something that used to make you happy, that you remember. A moment I used to make you happy, make you used to make you smile. Just pull those memory out and smile. And listen to music, dance, scream. Whatever can take your mind out of that addiction, whatever it is that addiction might be. Yeah, thank you. Thank if you. If you never walk barefoot. Yeah. I don't know, just work back. This is not something that is as easy as people think, Michelle. It, it might be really hard for some to do it. You understand? Of course. But we just have to just do it, take it step by step. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. It's not, nobody ever said it's easy, but it's, you know, absolutely using self-inquiry can help. But just what popped into my mind, I just finished a Aztec Toltec dreaming course with Sergio uh, Mangana, an amazing Mexican shaman. And in, in the latter part of the training, he shared a, a beautiful technique of breathing. You turn to the left, you think of the habitual pattern that you want to release, and you take a deep breath in through the nose and exhale out of the mouth seven times, and you just destroy any, anything that is creating this addictive pattern for you as you breathe in seven times in and out. Then you look to the right and you breathe in seven times in and out thinking of the ancestors and how it could be connected for all the way back to seven generations and how that may be contributing to your addictive behavior and you breathe in and out seven times. Then you look up to the cosmos and any way in which the cosmos are contributing to your addictive behavior and you breathe in and out seven times. Finally, you look at the belly, which is for self-reflection and any way in which you yourself have created this addictive behavior and you breathe in and out seven times. Now this is, again, this is a practice. This takes discipline. This is something you would have to do every day, maybe even twice a day. But I do believe that the, these Aztec and Toltec uh, 
uh, practices could be actually quite beneficial for helping people get free of addiction. That just came to me now, so wanted to share that with all of you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, very powerful. Yeah, this is a tough time. This is a tough time, tough, tough time for everybody right now. And um, to some of us, it might not be easy. No, no. To some of us, it might not be easy. No. And um, just like you say, everything like you know, is about control and discipline. Some people might say, oh, my God, it's, it's so hard. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. But sometimes you might think about something and say, oh, it's hard for me to do. But not until you give it a try, you will never know. You'll yeah. never know. Yes. Absolutely. You know, and I guess it's just a question. Do you want to be the master of your sovereignty or do you want your addiction to be the master of you? You know, and, you know, it's really having an incredible willpower to, you know, take back your sovereignty. Don't allow your addiction to control your life and ruin your life. And I know it's a lot easier said than done. I know that. But this is why we're doing this show, to to talk about this very uh, challenging uh, issue that a lot of people are dealing with, you know, even to the point of, you know, people addicted to self-harming, uh, to self-medicating yeah. themselves. And um, I just want to say, you know, you know, my heart goes out to all of you. There's no judgment, you know. Because I know that addictive behavior oh, comes from pain, it comes from pain, you know, and, and the painful events mm. we've had in our mm. lives, you know, and it's, yeah. it's yeah. a way of yeah. avoiding that pain, isn't it? You know, and uh, so there's no judgment in that. No judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Of course not. Yeah. We are not there to judge. We, we have no right to judge anyone because we also are dealing with our own issues we have our own problem so how come we can go and criticize someone right. while we are going through our own thing maybe our addition can be different than my addition is different than yours yours is different than mine and mine can be different like you know than everybody who's listening to us right now but we call it addiction no matter what yes you know yes sometimes it's just like even like, you know, I don't eat sweet, but uh, what do I do? Right now, I'm really deep into reading and uh, trying, like, you know, to do some reading to be able to deal. This is my way to deal with my problem. And you might have another way to do it. Absolutely. But when, like, you know, people, uh, first of all, think about, like, you know, drinking and smoking. You are killing yourself slowly but surely. You, you are definitely, you know, destroying yourself. But sit down one moment to think. I say, okay, yes, I have no idea what's going to happen next. But by reducing my life of that 20 years, is it really worth it? What about my family? What about my kids? So instead of smoking right now, okay, every morning now I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to jog. You know, I'm going to do some gardening nowadays. That's another form of therapy also. Sometimes it helps. 
my mother like you know, used to for work the land she used uh, to love gardening and stuff so sometimes by doing a little bit of gardening i feel that i'm connected with her by putting my hands on the soil it might not work for you but try to find something if you're dealing with a loss of a family member who passed away just try to find out exactly if he or she was there what role is she be doing or telling me to do right now think about that that will help you as well to connect to push away that addiction in the corner mm. you know thank you thank you for sharing your wisdom katherine and for coming on the show mm-hmm. today and talking about this very important topic and I'd love to just kind of open the floor if Mardi Gras or Sean uh, or anybody else here on um, in the live studio would like to ask any questions please call in you know don't be shy cuz um what you may ask could actually help somebody else so um it's really important to not be afraid and just jump on a call call in and ask your question or if you're shy really shy then just type it in the box and we can answer it for you as best as we can everybody's very quiet today <laughs> Uh well is there anything else you'd like to share please let us know do you have any um any special offerings coming up Catherine or programs that you'd like to tell us about before we uh conclude the show Unfortunately nothing right now but I, we are working something together you and I but I guess maybe sometime next week we will know for sure the date and then uh, we can put it out there. Awesome. Uh yeah. Awesome. Why right now I don't have anything on top of my head. Right. Right. Well, our program absolutely that's coming up in probably mid-February roughly and um it's a beautiful combination of Catherine sharing her wisdom and knowledge about Caribbean spirituality. and um I'll be sharing more about shamanism and a bit about the archetypes uh the animal archetypes and how they relate to uh the first second and third chakras so yeah I'm excited it's not an online program though it'll be in person so if you are in Bali um please reach out we'll put the flyer on my comments on my page and come and join us if you're listening from Bali. Yes, definitely. So um I'm not sure if we are done, so I will say thank you to everyone. Thank you Michelle. Yes. Yes. for having me and uh, Michelle will be in my podcast uh, next week, uh, next Thursday. Yeah, I believe so. I think it was next week you're going to schedule it yeah and um tell us the name of your podcast again journey in a box is okay. that right okay i am writing it right now journey in a box yes yeah that podbean.com here we go awesome it out. thank you sharing so uh, we will be connected next week and um absolutely and hopefully we'll have everybody coming and listening to us yes Yeah, we're going to have a very interesting topic. 
Yes, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you to everyone who's joined today, and thank you for those who are listening to the recording. We hope, we really hope that you got a lot of value from this podcast today and that you've learned some tools that can help you if you have any uh, addictions that you're trying to overcome. So thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Catherine. Lots of love. Thank you, Michelle. God bless you. Bye-bye. And love and light to everyone. Bye-bye. Yes. Bye-bye.